Okay, we're back on a Monday. Let's get to the latest on the housing, uh, red-hot housing market and the ongoing affordable housing crisis. Because there's been a lot of talk, of course, and we've actually talked about this quite a bit, about supply or the lack thereof. But is increasing the housing supply, which is going to take a number of years, is it exactly the answer when it comes to housing affordability? Steve Pomeroy is a housing policy consultant, professor at Carleton University, and joins us now for some insight on this. Steve, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Jeff. All right. First off, yeah, let's talk about supply, if we could. Just uh, how much of the issue around housing affordability can be traced back to supply? Uh, well, depending where you are in the country, certainly as we've had high levels of immigration, particularly to the GTA, that will increase demand and it will, will, will put pressure on markets. So it, ha- it did have a a, an influence on the sort of the rise in supply, but I think the the notion that you know the inverse that if we actually uh, increase supply, we will address the the high affordability prices is it, it, it's not quite correct because of the fact that what's driven up prices is more than just supply; it's a bunch of demand factors as well. Okay, if it's not just supply, what else is uh, playing into this uh, red hot housing market and this uh, spike in prices we've seen lately? Yeah, well, I think in, in, in terms of the, you know, the, the specific issue of price and, and, and affordability, you know, what drives prices up are the fundamentals of how many people are demanding housing, so population growth and household growth, uh, the cost of money, so interest rates, uh, and also the ability to pay uh, incomes, and, and more particularly, how much equity people have. So I think what we've seen in recent years, I and mean, it's been well documented, of course, the decline in interest rates has allowed every dollar of income to go further. So people have been able to bid up prices based on that. But I think the, the one area that hasn't been discussed very much is the fact that as we've seen this very significant increase in home prices, that means that the, those of us sitting in a home and sleeping in our beds at night are gaining lots of equity. Um, and the folks buying homes, three quarters of them are existing homeowners, some buying for investments, some trading up or down in the marketplace. But because they have this accumulated equity, their ability to purchase the, the, a new home or a different home um, is, is very much influenced by the fact that they've got banks of money accumulated as a result of their existing home price going up. And I think that's been a really big factor that's been understated in, in terms of the cause of big, really big increase in home prices. Sure. And of course, then we see first time home buyers pretty much a shut out of the market. As a matter of fact, we had a study or a survey. I'm sure maybe you saw this last week as well, uh, Steve, that to 63 percent of uh, Canadians, first-time uh, home buyers, have kind of given up. They've given up on the dream of owning a home. Yeah, well, they have to have the right parents. If you've got the parents that have the equity that can share that with them, they're okay. But if they don't, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So what is it we have to look at? And, uh, you know, one of the top trending uh, articles at globalnews.ca today is the fact that uh, what we're looking at uh, when it comes to solutions to these runaway housing prices might actually uh, backfire uh, on the uh, government. They're planning to ease housing prices. Uh, why is that, do we believe? Well, if we think about, you know, the, the contributing factors to those prices, of course, it's, um, you know, labor, materials and land. And um, as we, if we increase the no, number of homes we're building from currently, we've averaged about 190,000 for the last 10 years until last year, we hit 270,000. If we try to increase that to, to 350,000 a year, which the government is calling for federally, um, you know, that's a, you know, a massive need of labor, 
and a massive need of materials, we've already got a lot of supply chain challenges in, in getting components, windows, appliances, that kind of stuff. Um, so you know, if we actually dramatically increase supply very quickly, uh, we will run into all kinds of supply chain issues, which would simply drive up all of those component prices. On top of that, the fact that home prices have gone up so much, existing landowners, they're capitalizing those increased values into what they're selling the land for. So land prices are going up as well. Um, so the more demand, we, we're actually, you know, by adding to supply, we are actually continuing to drive up those prices. All right. Just before we leave this issue of uh, supply, is uh, supply, is that the uh, ultimate answer, the long-term answer? I understand and hear what you're saying when it comes to uh, supplies and uh, labor and really ramping up uh, supply uh, quickly. But, you know, in the long term, I mean, does the, the fact remain that we still need more supply? We still need more houses, homes in this country? Well, as the population grows, and we've said we're going to bring in 341,000 new permanent uh, immigrants a year, so we definitely need to build new homes to house population as it grows. But I think the fundamental question is how much uh, housing do we need? You know, what is that growth going to be? And secondly, if the issue is actually affordability, does supply actually improve affordability? And we've seen, you know, a lot of new homes. If we look at the, the price of new homes that have been absorbed or, or uh, sold uh, in, the, in the last three or four months or the last year, we see those reflecting the current high home prices. So we can increase supply, but builders are not going to drop their price back to what they would have charged two years ago. They're going to charge the price that prevails today. Uh, so yes, we'll get they will build more houses, but they'll charge more for them, um, and that won't that won't reduce the affordability or reduce the prices of the new homes that are coming on the market. All right. So when it comes to the issue of affordability, affordability of housing and homes is the best lever the government has got to pull, if you will. What we've seen the last few months is the Bank of Canada in increasing interest rates. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, you know, the reason house prices went up, one of the key factors was the decline in interest rates. So if we reverse that, we should take some of the, the ability to buy out of the market. So it, it's not actually the government of Canada because the Bank of Canada is independent of the government. The government can't actually do anything about it. Well, it could. It could, it could confiscate some of those windfall gains of increased equity by taxing uh, uh, home sales or taxing capital gains, which it's not prepared to do. So you know, politically, it's, it's backed itself into a corner. It, you know, it's using the supply argument to, to make it appear that they're doing something, uh, but in actual fact, what they're doing, adding supply, won't solve the problem. Their greatest, their greatest hope is that Tiff Macklin solves the problem for them. All right, just finally, Stephen, I only got about 30 seconds left here, but we're currently sitting at uh, 1%. Uh, that is where the Bank of Canada has got the uh, interest rate. Do we know where it needs to be when it comes to housing affordability? And are you expecting, are we expecting higher interest rates throughout this year? Well, there's, there's two parts to that. I mean, you know, high, higher interest rates mean it'll be less affordable. On the other hand, uh, if it goes up, then that will actually perhaps stall the rate of increase and help. Bank of Canada has said it's, it sees its neutral rate somewhere between 2 and 3%, I think closer to 3%. So we're probably going to see mortgage rates go up you know, another 2 or 3% over the, next, uh, over the next year. All right. We will continue to watch this, of course. So Steve, really appreciate your time with us on this Monday and your insight. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jeff. Bye now. Bye now. Steve Pomeroy is a housing policy consultant and professor at Carleton University. And we're back after this here in the Jeff MacArthur Show.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.